Good morning. Welcome in, everybody. This is the Coast to Coast podcast, but like it's been for the past six weeks or so since Nick had his uh, his baby boy, this is just the One Coast podcast so far. Nick's in Seattle. I live in Atlanta. We call it Coast to Coast because we've got you covered from Seattle to Atlanta. It's about as far as you can get until you go down to Miami in the football landscape of things. But it's just me today. We're going to go solo, so it's me and you. And I see a lot of you in here already, so I appreciate you being here this morning with me on a beautiful Friday morning in the Southeast. And hopefully it's where it's nice wherever you might be as well. Uh, we go live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on my channels, youtube.com slash scottkennedy or facebook.com slash scottkennedysports, uh, because we like to have the conversation. I like to know what you guys are talking about. What are you thinking about? So I want to say hello to some folks that have come in here nice and early this morning. Like Jeremy Sean. Jeremy's a regular on all our shows, and we certainly appreciate the conversation he brings. And the steadiness and the the logic and points of he keeps things level in the chat. It's not always easy to do these days uh, in a binary world of it's either this or that. It's never anything in between. So, Jeremy, thank you. He says, morning, boys. Here's open all the quarterback needy teams at the top of the draft. Find their quarterback in free agency. Yeah, I'm not sure that's going to happen. Um, we'll get into the quarterback carousel here and and some of the things that have happened, especially the, the first I, I titled the show. The, the It continues is the first domino ready to fall. Right now, it looks like the first domino that's ready to fall, other than the draft guys, might be Russell Wilson. And then we'll see how that plays on down the line. So we'll talk about that here shortly. John Harrell, want to thank you again for your donations to this show and for the support that you show us. He's in here. He says, good morning, fellas. Happy Friday. Greg Thomas is here on YouTube. He says, morning, fellas. Good morning to you. He's offering up a little coffee emoji. I'll, I'll drink to that. Mike Balls has a good question. He says, good morning, Scott. Good morning back to you, uh, Mike. He says, um, thoughts on Daniel Jeremiah saying he's heard the Falcons are looking to go young at quarterback. I believe it. Um, we said kind of for the get-go, if you, Arthur Smith, the best quarterback probably for him would have been Kirk Cousins because he would have had to win today. He would have had to win this year to save his job. Too late for that. Raheem Morris has a little bit more of a leash. He's probably got three years on his own. I want a quarterback that I can grow with, but that is also good enough that I can take advantage of this roster and take a step from seven and 10 to nine wins to 10 wins possibly. And what is not a gauntlet of an NFC South? So Mike, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. It's what we've been talking about. Um, you know, that said, I've also said that as far as the, the passing game and the three wides, Kirk Cousins also makes a lot of sense to the Atlanta Falcons. But yes, I like the idea of, of going younger. Uh, I can get behind Kirk Cousins. And I just was in a discussion for a moment on, on, on Twix. And the, 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 you, you guys hear me talk about this before, the, the binary nature of the conversations. You know, I don't want Justin Fields. He's trash. Or, you know, if you, if you were ready to hang it up on Desmond Ritter, why do you think Justin Fields, he sucks? He's great. He, guys, it can, it can, you can, Think Justin Fields is an improvement on what the Falcons had and still be really concerned and not want to spend too much to acquire a guy like Justin Fields. Second round pick, somewhere in there. That's not too much to try and get you take a swing on a 25-year-old quarterback and still have concerns. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I can think that Kirk Cousins is a, a good quarterback and still have concerns about his age, his injury, his salary. 
Uh, I can like Bo Nix, the things he does well, and still have concerns about his overall arm talent. I can like Michael Penix and still have concerns about his injury history. All those things can be true. So we try and keep it a little level here, somewhere in between the coast-to-coast level-headed podcast. Yeah, I'm not always level-headed, though. Y'all have seen me get fired up every so often. (laughs) Oblivion Empire says, good morning, guys. Hope you're having a great morning this Friday. To the host and fans of the podcast, it's going to be a great one like always. Well, got a lot to live up to now, Oblivion Empire. Uh, appreciate the support you show on on Twix and, and here as well. Uh, Roderick here is from across the pond, so he's over uh, in the UK. Says, hey, Scott, ready and waiting. Watched some old games last night. Tuggle really was a fine player. Jesse Tuggle's my all-time favorite Atlanta Falcon, and it's not close. So um, just... I've said this uh, in smaller extents about Cordero Patterson, okay? This isn't always an easy franchise to embrace and play with a smile on your face and play hard. It was especially hard for a guy like Jesse Tuggle, who did it. I'm not exactly sure when he came in. Um, Probably, he played a long time. So I want to say 90, maybe, somewhere in that neighborhood. He played all through the 90s. You know, if you played hard through the 80s and you played through the 90s and the crap show that was the 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 Rankin Smith Atlanta Falcons franchise and you did it for as long as he did for as hard as he did and and was just one of the more underappreciated players in the NFL Grady Jarrett I think is getting some of that as well because the Falcons have dipped off again during his prime but Jesse Tuggle was an amazing football player came I think he was a walk-on at Valdosta State Undrafted free agent, if I'm not mistaken, you know, five foot ten, overlooked. Guy should be in the Hall of Fame, as far as I'm concerned. Jesse Tuggle is uh is he's my all-time favorite. Who's Mr. Falcon to me? Jesse Tuggle is Mr. Falcon to me. Uh Red Swarm. Good morning, everyone. Wishing you a fantastic Friday to you as well, Red Swarm. It's good to see you. Uh, I'm gonna bring up my Facebook pages here. I want to keep an eye on some of the here in case some stuff comes in because guys like Eddie come in and throw some stars down. And I don't see it unless I look over here on this other screen. So I want to say thank you to Eddie um, Fujioka. Hopefully I got that somewhat close. Uh, Coming up with some stars. And he says, uh, he's got a comment in there too. I want to make sure I hit that one. He says, uh, what do you think will happen if there's no impact on quarterback one and Ritter is it for 2024? Oh, that's a good question, Eddie. Um, We're talking Atlanta Falcons here. If the Atlanta Falcons swing big on quarterback and bring somebody in and Ritter has an exponential leap from year two to year three under the tutelage of Zach Robinson, uh, bring in another wide receiver weapon, familiarity, comfort level, whatever, whatever happens that makes him elevate his game and he beats out whoever they bring in. I'm okay with it. I'm I'm, so be it. I, Falcons fans, you don't really care who plays well at quarterback. You just want play well at quarterback. He comes in and throws for 30 touchdowns against 10 turnovers. You're, you're happy. With 3,500 yards, probably rush for half a dozen scores. You're happy. I don't see that leap, and I don't think the Atlanta Falcons brass does either. So the problem you're going to have with he ends up being quarterback one is if you don't swing on a guy, if you don't bring in somebody else. If he if you bring in competition and he wins the competition outright, so be it. So be it. Open competition. Now, I'm not 100% sure if they bring somebody in that Ritter stays in stays 
in Atlanta. You, you try and dump him with a pick swap. There's really no dead cap there. Uh, not much, you know, not much of a salary. In Madden, it makes sense, but in the personalities and the 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 clicks that have already formed, and you don't want Team Ritter, and yo, know, you got done dirty or anything like this. And it doesn't typically happen like that with the professionalism in, in sports, but you're still dealing with human beings here. I don't know that I want to come in as a young, if they go young with a young quarterback, taking the job of the old quarterback who knows these guys for the last two years, that can be a tough situation. But if you bring a guy in, you bring in Kirk Cousins, Russell Wilson, and Desmond Ritter's still on the job and he beats him out, so be it, man. But I think the problem you have is if by default, because you couldn't get anybody and Ritter's your quarterback, you got problems. I, I see absolutely no way that happens. No way. I think you come in with a guy like Gardner Minshew if you have to, and you pay him too much money. I see absolutely no way that you don't bring in, at least on paper, what is an upgrade at the quarterback position. If Ritter was still there and beats him out, so be it. You know, so be it. Um, Want to keep scrolling down here a little bit. Silas Stravens here. He says, good morning, everyone. String guy, good morning. All good to see you, string guy. Chase Weldner's over here. Says, morning, Scott. I'm stuck at home sick, so I appreciate the pod. I'm sorry to hear that, man. Hope you're feeling better. Um, it's no fun. Absolutely no fun being sick. But as I said last night, one of the good things about seeing, being sick is when you feel better, you end up feeling like 150. You're not 100%. You're like 150%. You're like, man, I didn't know I could feel this good. That's kind of how I felt yesterday after finally getting over that shingles vaccine god those things are awful my i got a red streak down my arm from that damn thing michael w morning all the wait and speculation continues uh yeah let's get into this here for just a second just see what what y'all's thoughts on this is the betting odds for one way or another it's not a surefire way of predicting obviously but the betting odds for russell wilson to the pittsburgh steelers changed dramatically it went to minus 250 on Russell Wilson to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, what does that mean? That means it's almost a three to one that he goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers. So if I wanted to win $100, I would have to bet $250. So those odds that he, that, that are now, I think it was at FanDuel, DraftKings, I don't know who it was. I saw it on Bleacher Report, so shout out to them, was... 250 minus 250. The next team was plus 650. So if I said I'm betting on Russell Wilson to the Atlanta Falcons, I could put down $100 and I would win $650. That's the number two team. The number one team, I would have to pay $250. And if I won, I'd get $350. I'd win $100 profit. That is a huge discrepancy. That is a huge delta. That's basically calling your shot. I'm not there yet as far as what's happening, but what does that mean? Uh, what does it mean for the Denver Broncos? It means the Denver Broncos, their best option will be to work the salary cap in a way that they eat almost 60 million of dead cap this year when they cut him. It's like $57 million this year. They can do that with some some contract changes without really even losing anybody other than Russell Wilson and, uh, and not re-signing Lloyd Cushenberry. They can do it. We've done a lot of the cap metrics on on uh, building the Bronco or on, on all the Broncos shows we do, they they eat a bunch of that this year in 2024, almost 57 million, and then the next year, the 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 cap hit, the dead cap hit for 2025 would I say only 
only be like $32 million. Now, why is that important? Because his cap hit right now on the books, Russell Wilson's cap hit for 2025 is $55 million. Denver Broncos fans like to talk about, oh, you know, Russell Wilson's contract is killing us. No, no, it isn't. It, it hasn't really even started yet. His cap number in the first two years for the Denver Broncos has been greatly reduced. His big giant cap hit starts really in 2025. Now, you're when you're changing things around, your dead cap hit is going to be the big hit in 2024. But in 2025, you actually have about $23 million of extra money than if you had Russell Wilson on your team. That's why they're gonna they're going to do this. And no, you're not gonna make a trade. Uh, he's he's not going to trade. You're gonna have to cut him, and um, then they'll, he'll just sign as a free agent for almost zero money. And right now, the betters say Pittsburgh Steelers. Another report I read said that Justin Fields and the Pittsburgh Steelers ain't happening. No way, no how. Now that, again, here's the dominoes. So we're sending Russell, Mil Russell Wilson over to the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's not a bad move. That's not quite Aaron Rodgers to Zach Wilson, but giving Kenny Pickett a little bit more time and Russell Wilson to come in. Russell Wilson is an upgrade on Kenny Pickett, in my opinion. Could be wrong, but that's how I feel. And now you've got Russell Wilson and Kenny Pickett. I think your floor got higher at the quarterback position for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think that's a good move. Cost you, what, $2 million? What is that? How does that affect everybody else? Now what happens to Justin Fields, the quarterback carousel? I think I still think quarterbacks go one, two, three, at worst, one, two, four. Chicago Bears go Drake May or go uh, Caleb Williams or Drake May, probably Caleb Williams. Commanders, they go Drake May, three New England Patriots. I still see them taking the, the third quarterback there. Uh could be different. And if again, as Jeremy's opened us up with, if it changes with Kirk Cousins, let's say the New England Patriots say, we've got a really good defense. I can take Marvin Harrison Jr. at three, and I can sign Kirk Cousins for $40 million this year. I've got the, I, I can do that. Kirk Cousins and Marvin Harrison jump starts my team. We're playoff contenders right away. Maybe. I'd just as soon take the quarterback at three. Um, so we'll see. What does that do with um, Chicago Bears and uh, Justin Fields? The Atlanta Falcons are still a really good option there. You send them a second round pick, probably it, at most, I think, is what you're willing to spend there. Maybe a second and a pick swap or a second and a fifth, something on down the line. But as far as day one, day two picks, I think you're looking at just a second round pick. That's a pretty low risk option for a 25 year old quarterback. And going back to uh, the original comment, um, came in from where did it come in from it was from mike saying what do you think about them looking to go young at quarterback justin Fields still fits the bill he's he's 25 years old he is one year older than the likes of um of bo nix michael Penix, and he's like 18 months older than Jaden daniels so he's he is young that that still fits the bill now, one of the questions I have for detractors on this is remember where he is. And okay, there is more of a sample size in the NFL. We don't think he can make it. Okay, where would he be as a if he had stayed at Ohio State and been playing there for the last three years or even better? What if he had been at Washington, at Oregon, out in the Pac-12? He'd be putting up pinball numbers the last couple of years. And with his tools, I think he'd be kind of he'd be seen as a pretty good shot as a a number one overall. People would be salivating over Justin Fields. Now, unfortunately, he's looked at a little bit as damaged goods, and 
And that's why you can get him for a second round pick. That, and you've only got two years of cost control. One year for sure, two if you want it. Um, so that's where that's where I go. That's the, the next domino. The next big domino to fall has got to be Kirk Cousins. It has to be. Because if Kirk Cousins changes, you've got two teams looking for teams. The team that, for quarterbacks, the team that signs Kirk Cousins, and then the Minnesota Vikings are open. So you got it changes the fact because the Minnesota Vikings are sitting there at 11. It puts them in play for JJ McCarthy for trying to move up. If you're 12 Denver Broncos, they absolutely want to get a quarterback. So depending on the two, two teams that they're really watching two of the teams and there's sneaky needs in there too. Two of the teams are really watching are the Atlanta Falcons at eight and at 11, the Minnesota Vikings if the Denver Broncos decide they are absolutely in love with J.J. McCarthy, the only way that they're going to get him for sure is if they can get ahead of the Falcons. And, and if, if they want to do that, they better pray the Atlanta Falcons really don't want to take that quarterback at eight because they're going to be tough to get in front of. Um, hope you're feeling better, Chase. We hit on Michael. Good to see you, Michael. Brad Clark says, good day, Falcons family. Thanks for all your hard work, Scott, to give us some good content. Appreciate it. Brad, I'm glad you uh, glad you appreciate. Um, and hell, is that how it would that be a better way to say it? I don't want to try and butcher. I'm trying to help my daughter with her Spanish stuff. Um, you know, silly American like me would call you Angel, but do do people call you Anne Hell? Uh, Roca said Broncos country. Let's fight. <laughs> good to see you, uh, Dave. Good morning. Um, Eric Parash says I assume we were watching this from a camera in a chase plane. Okay. Um, I'm not, <laughs> I'm at home. I can change the background if you want. I'm on my green screen with my blinding lights and shining off my forehead in here. Um, Lance Render, good to see you. He says, good morning, everyone. I hope you're all ready for the signing of Cousins or Wilson. And then the drafting of JJ McCarthy, by all accounts, fields won't fit the scheme. And Lance, I'm guessing you're a, a Falcons fan on this one. Um, again, I, I think the scheme is going to be flexible. You know, if you think, hey, I can, I like the tools that Justin Fields do, has, I can cater my plays and my offense to the things that he does well. You know, I don't think the Falcons can come out and be an air raid offense right now. They're not going to go four wide. They only got one wide receiver. So I, I think you're going to cater to the strengths of what this team still is right now, which is play action, bootlegs, RPOs, and figuring out ways to do that. I think Zach Robinson's a smart enough quarterback coach, passing game coordinator in order to tailor his play calls. Cause I'm not going to say scheme because schemes are flexible. Anyway, his play calling to the personnel that he's got at his disposal. You're not going to drop back and watch a June Jones four wide run and shoot right now. So I think it's okay. I'm not, I'm not out on fields to Atlanta by any stretch of the imagination, but we'll see. We'll have, we'll, we'll absolutely see. It's going to be uh it's going to be fascinating, and I think we'll have a pretty good. We got about two more months of this, unless the Falcons do something before the draft here soon, or somebody else does. Then we'll know Fields is off the table. Um, Atlanta Dog eighty eight says, "Good morning, Falcon family. Good morning to you." Uh, GM uh, JM, good morning. Says everyone's praising the Falcons. We have and young and talented roster. Before long, they'll be wanting contract extensions. Might as well go big on the quarterback now while the roster is cheap. Yeah, there's a lot of money put into the offensive line. That's really where your your money is. Quarterback, nothing. Tight end, your most exp your most expensive skill guy right now, Jonu Smith. 
<laughs> Think about that. Your most expensive offensive skill player is Jonu Smith by some distance. Um, unless Kyle Pitts, let me look that up. Unless Kyle Pitts' fourth year has accelerated from the number four, number four pick. His has, so he's up to, his cap hit this year is up to 10. Um, so it has gone up. His cap hit, yeah, his, uh, it, it has gone up to 10. Cap hit, $9 million for 2023, 2024 is, is 10-4. So it has accelerated because he was a number four overall pick. Um, his fifth-year option is right in that neighborhood too. So that, and that's the thing about it. His fifth-year option for a tight end, and I've gotten into this and I think how unfair it is, for the number four overall pick, uh, that they'll have to exercise. His fifth-year option is the same. It's 10-5. So, you know, this is one of the reasons why we talked about the why you don't take a tight end this high is because you get zero savings on the contract, zero. In fact, his fifth-year option at 10.56 is, where was I here, for Kyle Pitts, $100,000 more than the fourth year of his deal, his rookie contract. We You always hear about cost-controlled rookie contracts. There was no cost control rookie contract on on a on a tight end. It's exactly the same as a fifth year option. So, but yeah, he's up to uh, to ten five, which is still, if you can turn him into the weapon he was drafted to be, is still cheap. And that's why you absolutely pick up his fifth year option because, relatively speaking, for speaking of young guys, I think he's twenty three. The the and he'll turn twenty four this year. Um, is is really cheap. So let me see on that. Is he? He's twenty. Yeah, he's twenty three, and and he is six months younger than Bo Nix. <laughs> about that, uh, when we start talking about, it, he's six months younger than Michael than uh, the Michael Penix. When we start talking about these guys in the draft and start talking about their potential, what you could get for them, he's six months younger than a lot of these guys in the draft that came through the COVID years that are coming out at twenty four years old. That's insane. He's three months older than Jaden Daniels. That's uh. That's why you gambled on Kyle Pitts and why you're not ready to give up on him for $10 million. Um, let me see here. John Harrell, I like what you have to say here. It's a, The no-brainer is Russell Wilson and then a developmental guy like, like Joe Milton. I, I'm okay with if you're talking, you know, let's, this fits teams like the Vikings. This, this fits teams, um, it would fit like the Broncos, but unfortunately that, that ship has sailed. Um, to go get a quarterback, behind Russell Wilson you sign him because again he'll be dirt cheap the, the the Broncos are paying his his salary he gets 37 million dollars guaranteed from the Broncos this season no matter what uh they're paying his salary this year any money you go that that he, that the new team pays him goes to offset his salary with the Broncos so his his compensation is fixed at what the Broncos are paying him so he has no incentive no no incentive to try and Get paid. I want to be paid more because hey, who doesn't? His compensation's already fixed for 2024. So it's a cheap option. And then get a developmental guy coming in. You give me Russell Wilson and a day two, day three quarterback with tools. I, I can live with that. But I don't think it prohibits you from still taking your quarterback at eight, at eleven, if you were to sign Russell Wilson too. So um and Randy talking about Mr. Falcon. Uh, he says Tuggle was good, no doubt, but Tommy Novus will always be Mr. Falcon. And Randy. You probably have one generation of players ahead of me. I uh, I started, I moved to Atlanta when I was five years old. That was in 78. So um, I didn't really get to see Tommy Novus. So my Mr. Falcon is is Jesse Tuggle. Um, you know, the, the running backs were really the stars of the show, unless you want to talk about Mike Ken, 
Bill Fralick in the eighties, you know, and they, they just weren't around nearly as long with uh, William Andrews and Gerald Riggs. Um, yeah. And Atlanta dogs talking about, you know, Jordan Travis, Spencer Rattler, Joe Milton, um, some of the toolsy guys like that. Uh, let me see here. Jeremy, Jeremy Sean says, if you're signing cousins and he's getting a good, good contract that would take quarterback off the table for a couple of seasons. Yeah. With, with cousins again, I, I, I kind of use the, the New York jets as an example with cousins. If you sign cousins and he's 36 years old, and this goes for any of these teams, you don't go cousins. And with your first round pick, you go cousins, you go Russ and Russ and McCarthy, Russ and Knicks, Russ and Bo, uh, Michael Penix, Russ and Joe Milton. You don't go Russ. You don't go Kirk and with your with your first round pick because you've got a window of two years at most with Kirk Cousins. I need to try and surround him with as many good players as possible, uh, build the team up around him because with a thirty six year old quarterback, your window is small. Your time frame is short. I need to take advantage of that now. I go best prospect available at a premium position that isn't quarterback. So if I sign Kirk Cousins and I'm drafting at eight, quarterback is off the board for me. Uh, now I'm looking at edge rusher, wide receiver, cornerback. Those three positions will probably fall into what I'm looking for uh, at, at number eight relative to this draft. I could go offensive tackle. It's a deep draft, but that's probably where I wouldn't want to go. Um that said, I have talked about the problems with with uh, Caleb McGarry at right tackle in a passing oriented scheme. Maybe you do want to go right tackle. So, but it would be um, it would be uh, best prospect available non quarterback for any team that dumps two years, ninety million dollars guaranteed into into Kirk Cousins for sure. Um, want to uh, ban this guy who's talking about being a millionaire in my can't hide it because I'm on the wrong one. So we'll just hide. Um, I've got two Facebook groups open. So <laughs> I have one of them that I have admin access to. And one of them, I'm just monitoring. Apologies for that while I'm thinking about this real quick. Uh, try and ignore that. Actually, but I can't ignore it. I can't ban them from here, from StreamYard. So let me try and do that. Apologies. The spammers find you. Um. Quarterback carousel, want to keep talking about this a little bit. Again, I think tiers of guys that you're interested in, of the available quarterbacks in art in the draft, I would say number one, Kirk Cousins. Number two would probably be Russell Wilson because of the, the, the cost involved. And maybe Russell Wilson would be number one. If I can get Russell Wilson for $2 million or Kirk Cousins for $40 million, what am I doing? Russell Wilson could be option 1A. In this case, I think Justin Fields, honestly, because of the upside, would be three. Then we start talking guys like Baker Mayfield, who I think the best option for him is still probably in Tampa. Gardner Minshew's out there. You, know, you want Jimmy G? These are the guys you start talking about. I'm sure I'm forgetting about somebody that's available in the in there, but those are the guys that come to um, the top of my mind. Um, Dave says, I keep coming back to J.J. McCarthy after all I've researched. Dave, I, I think after the top three, if you're looking for quarterback, J.J. McCarthy becomes the best young option. Uh, 21 years old, best draft pick option, really good tools. Um, the the lack of throws at Michigan is overblown for a couple reasons. One, he had plenty of throws 
in times that it mattered. He sat a lot of second halves, not a lot of second half, but they were running the ball. They were ahead all the time. They, he was on a dominant team and they won. You know, when did when did that become a problem? Uh, he's played in closer to a pro style offense than most of these guys. He's taken more snaps under center than all of these guys. Uh, and and as far as the arm talent goes, it's as good as anybody, if not better than everybody that is also available. And he's athletic as hell. What's the problem? You, you know, he didn't throw the ball 40 times a game. All right. Um, so I, I like J.J. McCarthy. All these guys, once you get past the, the first three where you're pretty happy, you're pretty – there's, there's detractors about every move that's ever made. But I think one, two, and three, whoever drafts Jaden Daniels, the majority is going to be pretty happy. Whoever drafts Caleb Williams, whoever drafts Drake May, the majority is going to be pretty happy. We're excited because you're not – one, you're not going to have to give up much to get them. Just your, your pick. So there's not that extra cost. We shouldn't have made that trade. We shouldn't have done that. That's not involved. That's not a factor. Once you get past those guys, there's red flags on every single quarterback. So the line between we're really happy to we're really not happy and the binary discussions that happen on Twix and social media are going to be more prevalent as soon as you get past those first three quarterbacks. So it's there on everybody. I recognize the concerns, but no, yeah, you have to get a quarterback. You have to take somebody. I don't want that guy. I don't want that guy. I don't want that guy. Okay, well, you got Desmond Ritter then. Okay, I don't want that guy. I don't want that guy. Okay, well, you got Jared Stidham then. Fine. If you're okay with that, so be it. Um, You know, who's Las Vegas Raiders? I don't, I don't want to move up and get this guy. Okay, are you good with Aiden O'Connell? Yeah, okay. Well, that's fine too. Some people aren't going to be. There's going to be half the, half the fans out there that are saying uh, no. Triple Eight Dr. Pepper says several talking heads have said that Cousins wants a multiple year contract. Definitely not a one year trial. That will make him too expensive for a trial. Injuries and age, I don't like it. And Triple Eight Dr. Pepper, I think at best, what you do is I think anything under, I think anything over, I'm going to say $55 million guaranteed is a two year deal. Um, anything under 55 is still a one-year deal. So triple eight, you're going to see when Kirk Cousins signs, you're going to see three years, $150 million, three years, 150. That's going to be the big headlines. Ignore them and look for the guaranteed money and divide and, and then take a look at how many years the contract is. If it's a $60 million contract, it's probably a guaranteed $150 million with 60 guaranteed. That comes closer to a two-year deal. Anything under that, it's a one-year deal because you can move on from him for nothing for ten to fifteen million dollars in the second year on a dead cap charge. It's a one-year deal. So, unless he's, you're talking six seventy-five, eighty million dollars of guaranteed money, that becomes a two-year deal. But if you hear one hundred and fifty million dollar contract across three years, oh, but it's fifty million dollars guaranteed. It's a one-year deal. So he'll get a multiple-year contract, I promise you, for salary cap reasons. The only number that's going to matter is that guaranteed money. Is, is somebody willing to go out there and give him $90 million guaranteed? If he can, more power to you. But once doesn't get. doesn't matter what he wants. matters what he's willing to get. I always... I love that. I'm going to turn it. I'm going to grab it as a gift because I think about it all the time when this when this comment comes up. This is what he wants. You uh, remember in uh, Dark Knight Rises, 
when uh, Selena Kyle comes in, she's like, I want this. And the guy goes, want, doesn't get. I always think that, of course, then he got his neck snapped. But hey, <laughs> that's what it's like in the negotiations, right? Uh, Leon Mapstone, good morning. Good to see you here. Um, Jeremy Sean, he's calling a shot. He says, maybe I'm, I'm off or biased, but I think that Peyton will land on Knicks, especially if the cost of moving up is too expensive. Here's the thing is, can can you get Knicks in the second? Are you willing to risk that? This was a discussion that I had with Mile High Huddle Podcast last night of how far do you need to go down for down your board before it becomes a reach? If you've got Knicks at 20, it, I don't think that 12 is a reach. I don't think that's too much. If I've got him at 35, then 12 is probably a reach. The problem the Broncos have is they don't have a second round pick. Okay, I don't mind packaging together a couple of day two picks to move back up into day into. Uh, I'll send you a third and a twenty twenty five second to get your second now to get my quarterback. Yeah, I'm okay with that. So, Jeremy, um, the 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 talk about this is Nix is almost universally being considered at best late first right now. The talk of him going as high as 12 has almost disappeared. We'll see. We'll, we will see on that. I'm not convinced yet because I know how quarterback crazy people are. Uh, there is a new mock draft from Gennaro, Gennaro Felice. It's a newer name to me. He says deputy editor of content at NFL.com, where he's got the Denver Broncos trading down from 12. And I hate it when they do trades and don't tell you what you get back. That bothers me. But he's got him trading with the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals at 12 take Talese Fuaga, the offensive lineman they crave. And they trade down to 18 and say, um, and then they take uh, Latu Latu at 18. And here's the thing that's interesting to me about the, the perception of where Bo Nix and Michael Penix are. Moving down six slots in this, stipulation, in this simulation, Denver needs additional draft currency. Thank you for not saying capital, the most over-freaking-used words in the world right now. You can just say Denver nets additional draft picks that could be used to select a quarterback like Bo Nix or Michael Penix on day two. If I'm going down for 12 to 18, I'm getting at least a second round back. At least. Probably a second rounder and, and change in a day, a, a couple, either another late day two or uh, day three. So moving back six spots, I get up into the second round. And I should get more out of it for, for six spots back in the first round. So the thought process here for Bo Nix is almost, I can definitely trade down. Not too far. Not too far. But that's a big gamble. Because I, I agree with you. I think he fits pretty well in with, with Sean Payton and what he's looking for in a quarterback. And if you like him, you got to take him at 12. We'll see how much they really like him. want to get to... Um, some of our, uh, some of our comments here, uh, Jason Heller with the support for the show. Good to see you, Jason. Thanks for coming in with a super sticker coming in red. Um, appreciate the support and Jason B coming in. He says, Justin Fields will be an Atlanta Falcon by end of next week. I think that's too soon. I'm not saying I would take the over on that, Jason. I don't know that I'd bet against you. I'd probably take the field because Acquiring a guy is, is risky. I think the Chicago Bears have no reason to rush. Their deadline, their deadline for this really 
is when they're on the clock on, what is it, Thursday, April 20-whatever-th at 8 o'clock at night. That's their deadline. I don't think there's any real reason unless there's, okay, we miss out on this guy in free agency and teams start getting desperate. I, I don't know. But I think the deadline for Justin Fields is is when the clock starts running on Chicago at pick one. So I'm not saying Justin Fields won't be an Atlanta Falcon. I can absolutely see it happening. I just, I don't see it happening in a week. I don't think there's incentive for them to move that fast. Um, How would you feel about Justin Fields in Atlanta? It's polarizing. It is. And again, I think any pick, any, any quarterback, the Atlanta Falcons get is going to be polarizing. Because they're not going to get Drake May. They're not going to get Caleb Williams. And hell, Caleb Williams is polarizing right now with the smear campaign that's been going on against him the last year. And uh, and Jaden Daniels, the shiny new toy. That was a, that was a, I, I don't, I, this is the first time I've read anything from, uh, from Mr. Felice, but uh, <laughs> I like him because um, he says Drake May at number two to the commanders. In the moment, it feels like Jaden Daniels is gaining steam in some draft Nick circles, but I still suspect this is at least partially because the reigning Heisman Trophy winner is the shiny new object after his big season, and Drake May is kind of old hat, which is funny given that he's actually two years younger than Jaden Daniels. I think it is kind of funny. I think he's got a hell of a point. I like this guy. I do. So Jason B., Justin Fields to the Atlanta Falcons, I can see that. I don't think it happens in the next week. I think you're still looking middle of April at the soonest. So three weeks, draft week, we will see. We will see. Of course, you know, like they say, a lot of Nick would come in here. Let me push back on that a little bit. A lot of this stuff happens at the combine. Okay. Okay. So we'll see. And that might be what you're thinking too, because the combine starts um, next Thursday and uh, we'll, we'll start talking about winners and losers from the combine. Hopefully I, I don't remember the schedule. Hopefully they start doing some of the testing on Thursday and we've got something to talk about on that on, on Friday. Jeremy says, so the the Bears will be in the same position as they are now in a few years with Caleb. If Caleb doesn't work out. They will be, and they're you're, they're they're hoping they're not picking again in in uh, you know number one overall. And they're not number one overall. They're number nine overall. Um, but if they're hoping they don't stink, they've been really intriguing for the last couple of years because they've had high picks and a quarterback that still is seen with some upside those are two good things when you're in the offseason they unless he they zach wilson this guy or trey lance this guy caleb williams should still be a valuable piece to a puzzle in two years at least and um and they don't want to be picking in the top 10 again (laughs) so we'll we will see um Sterling Wood says, if they don't get anyone in free agency, do you see the Falcons trading up in the draft uh, at, at quarterback? I think that's what we're talking about. Do I see them them doing that at quarterback? I think it's possible. I think if J.J. McCarthy is seen as a, a top 10 quarterback, I think several teams will try to get to six or seven to get ahead of the Falcons to take him. If that becomes the fact that starts happening, and the Atlanta Falcons want a quarterback, the Atlanta Falcons become a better trade option for the New York Giants at six, for the Tennessee Titans at seven, because those two teams would only have to move back to eight. So yes, I can see them doing that. If for some reason one of those guys falls, 
let's say Marvin Harrison, as we talked about, if the New England Patriots, they say, we signed Kirk Cousins for a bunch of money. We're not going, we're not drafting a quarterback behind him then. We're trying to open up our window and get back into the playoffs right away. They're taking Marvin Harrison Jr. at three. That takes the third quarterback and puts him in play. Then things get freaking interesting. We want draft to get interesting early. If we really wanted to see some blockbuster deals, have the Patriots take Marvin Harrison Jr. And then we will see freaking fireworks with the uh, with the Arizona Cardinals. And if the Cardinals say, no, no, we want a wide receiver too. We're going we're gonna to take here. We're not going to move. The freaking Chargers will move. So that will be really, really interesting. Um, let me get rid of this spammer in here. Let me go away. Thanks. It's not Valentine's Day, Melanie. Goodbye. Uh, with all the hearts and love. Oh, there was a question here. I don't remember who it was. A- apologies. Um, this is what it is. One of our regulars too. Uh, what do you think about the the Calvin Ridley talk to Atlanta? Just ignore it. Ignore it. Calvin Ridley. I I, I think I put out there, and this will probably mean it'll happen because I hate talking in absolutes. I'll play wide receiver for the Atlanta Falcons again before Arthur Blank has him back uh, <laughs> to play for the Atlanta Falcons. Just no way. There's just no way Calvin Ridley comes back to the Atlanta Falcons. So therefore, let it be said. That's I hate speaking in absolutes. I think I did the last time I ever did that. There was a I was covering recruiting. There was I don't even remember his name. He was a big athlete uh, up like Cartersville area. It may have been Cartersville, and he was being recruited by Georgia Tech. And I said Georgia Tech is not going to take this guy because his grades are a concern. He's not projected to qualify. He will not. They will not go after him. Well, they signed him. And he's the only non-qualifier they've had in 25 years. So there you go. That's what happens when I start. That's what happens when I bet my own money too, is uh, things start going crazy like that. Um, Rio Deshaun Alexander-Smith, what it do, Scott? Good to see you, man. That is an interesting picture. Congratulations, I think, are in order with the, uh, with the, the, the sonogram there. It looks great. Truth over emotions. He says, Bo Nix fell off, huh? No. Maybe not. He might be still on the rise. Where was Bo Nix two years ago? Undrafted free agent, seventh round. He's risen up to second round status if that's where he is. I think some of the talk was based on, I think he's settling in about to where he belongs and he could still be, I think it'd be a little bit of a reach in the, in the, in the top half of the first round, but we will see. We will see. Marquis says, glad you didn't take this Friday off. There's too much going on at the quarterback position. I don't want to turn this into a quarterback carousel show every Friday, but we might. We'll have combine next week, and we'll have combine winners and losers the week after that for sure. Um, as we do some, we'll definitely do more mock drafts uh, as coming out of the combine. That's when they start becoming really, really fun. Uh, Keith, uh, I've hit on this before. He says, "Do you think if the Falcons sign Cousins, they'd be okay with them drafting a quarterback at eight? One, it's not necessarily up to him, but two. Any team that signs Kirk Cousins, your window is short. You're looking at a a two-year window with a 36-year-old quarterback. Any team that signs Kirk Cousins is trying to build the team around him as best they can, and you don't do that with a backup quarterback. See uh, see Rodgers slash Aaron. You know, what happened with him? It's like, dude, we're going for a Super Bowl. You know, y'all are taking Jordan Love with a first-round pick. I'm pissed. Trade him to the New York Jets. The New York Jets 
need a quarterback of the future. They also have probably one year of Aaron Rodgers, maybe two. Let's just say one. They, they gave up a lot to get him. They're paying him a lot of money. They're not going to go quarterback. They're going to take their shot. So that's that's kind of the parallel I use here is Jets and Aaron Rodgers are going to take their shot while they can with any team that signs Kirk Cousins. Now you may take a, a guy day two, day three, but you're not going to use a first, you're not going to sign Kirk Cousins and use your first round pick on a quarterback. Just, just not going to happen. Uh, in my opinion, we'll see if that opinion turns out to be fact. That prediction turns out to be fact. I feel good about that one though. Um, Austin Fry says, I see Jonu Smith getting cut along with Taylor Heineke. Uh, I, I kind of see that too, at least restructured. You might get him an extension. Um, you talk about Jonu Smith. Jonu Smith played pretty well. Why can't I find him on here? Jonu Smith, there he is. Jonu Smith is 28 years old. He is a free agent after this year. He's got a $9 million cap hit. It's too high. His base salary is six and a half. So you pay him, you give him a, a one-year extension, a two-year deal. You pay him a $6.5 million signing bonus right now. You give him a $1 million salary. That takes his cap hit from nine to four and a half and means I can move on from him next year with a dead cap of three. That makes more sense to me. I like Johnny Smith. I like Johnny Smith at $4 million. I think an extension a one-year extension, cutting his salary cap in half makes sense. Taylor Heineke, he might be the pro you need if you feel like Desmond Ritter. I don't want the divisiveness in the locker room, and I'm not saying he's a divisive. I'm saying that it's a divisive situation when you've got last year's starter still there and you got a new coach, a new quarterback, a new everything, and old relationships. Taylor Heineke came in as a backup. You might do the same thing and extend him and cut his cap number in half because his number right now, um, Heineke's is lower. His quarterback on this, his, his cap number is 8.5 on a $2 million dead. Um, he's due a $5 million base salary. I might pay him a $5 million signing bonus with a $1 million salary. He gets $6 million in cash and, um, gets a, you know, it uh, cuts his salary, ca his cap hit from eight and a half to what's the number I did on that four. Again, it cuts, cuts it in half to three and a half million dollars from eight to three and a half million dollars. And you still have a decent backup with a $2 million dead cap next, next year, which is what it is this year too. So yeah, I, I Austin, I think you'd be okay with extensions, but they are cut candidates. I would probably extend John U. Smith. I, I like what he's doing. Um, let's see here. There's there's a guy I can ban as now I've come back to him as a millionaire. Uh, yeah, you're not a millionaire, dude. Um, let me check on this chat over here. I'm going to scroll down to the bottom because I'm still at 930 in the chat. It, it takes a while to get back down here. Uh, Pakti Soom, good to see you. He says, good morning, Scott. Hopefully I didn't butcher your name too well. Uh, Victor asks, if you looked ahead to next year's quarter, quarterback class, from what I understand, it's not nearly as good as this year's. This is a good class overall. And there's four that will go in the first round. That doesn't happen very often. Um, next year, I think right now, if J.J. McCarthy was in, had gone back to Michigan, he'd be the odds-on favorite to be the number one quarterback in the class. 
So that makes him more valuable at 21 years old too, knowing, listen, I need a quarterback and it's not going to be good. Now, I I always kind of poo-poo the, just let's just wait and see <clears throat> before we make a decision on the class. That said, I think advanced scouting is getting good enough. I mean, how the, the Ritter class, you know, the, the best quarterback out of that was Mr. Irrelevant by far. You know, Kenny Pickett, I, I wouldn't have wanted Kenny Pickett number one. And then another quarterback didn't even go in the second round. And if you try and build a team by banking on taking a quarterback in the seventh round, you're going to be picking in the top 10 for a long time. That's that's a good system. That's a really good team. That's getting lucky. If, if you had any idea that Brock Purdy was going to be who Brock Purdy is, there's no freaking way he lasts to the seventh round. Um, Kevin comes in. I'm all for Russell Wilson. I love the potential price tag. You can't beat that for a stopgap quarterback. There you go. And a mentor for whichever young guy, the Atlanta Falcons draft, or wherever Russell Wilson goes. Because right now, the odds-on favorite, the first domino to fall, and that's why his picture's in here. The odds-on favorite, let me recap from the uh, beginning of the show, is Russell Wilson to the Steelers. The betting numbers have gone skewed way, way towards the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's minus 250. That's almost 3-1 to one that it actually happens. If I want to make a bet, on Russell Wilson going to the Pittsburgh Steelers, I have to put down $250 to win $100. The next team, the next team with the best odds of signing Russell Wilson on that chart were the Atlanta Falcons at plus 650. That means I can put down $100 and win $650. So it's three to one that he goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's seven to one against him going to the Atlanta Falcons. And that's the next best odds. So that looks like the first domino to fall. Um, let me see here. Uh, Lance talking about um, keep, keeping Jonu Smith. I, I think they keep Jonu Smith. I think he gets a contract extension. He's still just 28 years old, really productive last year, had a great season. I think I think he's got a chance to, to, to stick around. Um String Guy says, I think Cousins plays five more years, so the Atlanta Falcons will be in playoffs for um, the next five years. I I think, boy, if you give him a, if you give him any more than $90 million guaranteed, you're banking on him playing at least four more years. And then I can pick up because I'd sign him to a then you'd sign him to a five-year deal with a hundred plus million guaranteed, which ends up being a two-year deal at 50 million each because then you could cut him in year three, but you could keep him in year three based on the base salary then going wild. His base salary would go from five to 10 to 50 in the third year of his contract. Um, Troy says Russell Wilson would be a great fit in Pittsburgh. I'm, I, I'm a fan of Russell Wilson as far as, you know, doing the Denver Broncos work that I've done, you know, watching the press conferences, the way his, his teammates have talked about him for the most part. I, I wish nothing but good things for him. I'm a big fan of Mike Tomlin, not as big a fan of Arthur Smith, but happy for some of the things that he did in Atlanta. It wasn't all bad. Um, he's just kind of, I think he belongs at a, in a coordinator position. <laughs> so we'll see. Um, and uh, as Jeremy says, Russ needs a defensive run heavy team. That's the formula for success uh, for Russ, hence Pittsburgh and, and why it would have made sense in Atlanta too put Russell Wilson in Atlanta in a play action run heavy scheme with a, 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 an improving defense in last year. And Atlanta's in the playoffs. Atlanta's in the playoffs with Russell Wilson 
and uh, and if you switch quarterbacks, the if you switch quarterbacks with the Denver Broncos and Atlanta Falcons last year, the the Denver Broncos have their quarterback of the future because they're drafting in the top three. The Falcons are probably making the playoffs. Now that's not to say that that's how good Russell Wilson is. That's how bad Desmond Ritter is. But Russell Wilson helped win some close games for a team that was on the margins a lot. And after that one in five start, you've got Desmond Ritter the rest of the way. You're in deep trouble, deep trouble. The Falcons, with an historically easy schedule, can win three more games with Russell Wilson. They're in the playoffs at 10 and seven uh, with, with even marginal um, quarterback play. Um F Rev says all that good will bring will all that goodwill is bringing Russell eighty five million dollars to not play a snap of football thanks to the Broncos. He's already been paid more than that. <laughs> Why don't you just keep Russell Wilson for another year? One because your cap hit in Denver Broncos goes from a thirty two million dollar dead cap hit to fifty five million dollars in. Uh, if it to $55 million in 2025, if you're still on your roster, still on your roster, that's bad. And you have to pay him another $39 million, 37, I think $37 million cash payment in 2025. That's all bad. All of that is bad. They're going to have to cut him because he's not, he's not going to do you any favors after uh, going to the NFL PA about, you know, and, and they agreed <laughs> the, of the way that was handled at the end of the season. The $85 million dead cap money is prorated bonuses that have already been paid to Russell Wilson that are on the last five years of that contract and plus the $39 million, I think, that is guaranteed this year in in salary for 2024 and guaranteed salary no matter what. So he's only getting the 39 only. (laughs) He's only getting 39 more million dollars from the Denver Broncos if they cut him. If they don't cut him, he's already been paid about 100. He had 150 million dollars guaranteed. If they don't cut him, he gets another 40 million dollars. I'm uh I'm rounding here. It's one of them's 39, one of them's 37. I get confused. Um so it's rough. And yes, that's uh that is a smack my head moment. It's um it's a tough contract. It's uh, it is. Um, Red Swarm, appreciate you coming in here. He says, Scott, I just want to wish you and 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 all my friends in the chat enjoyable and happy weekend. Rise up, thank you, Red Swarm. Hope you have a great football weekend too. And Jeremy Sean, I just missed you as it went up one. But Moss says Wilson's agent is very astute. He got him a great deal for doing very little. And here's the thing, Moss you don't blame Russell Wilson for taking the contract. And I don't think Russell Wilson, you know, for doing very little, I would say the production wasn't what you wanted it to be, but I don't think you can say Russell Wilson came in and just sat on that contract. You know, like he's put in the work. He's, he hasn't gone in and just been complacent. Okay. I got paid. I'm now, I'm, I'm now coasting towards retirement. You know, if you're a soccer fan, you see that happen a lot. It's like, Oh, I'm going to go to the MLS. It's a retirement league and I can play at half speed. I don't think that's happened. It just hasn't worked out. That's not Russell Wilson's fault. That's not the Denver Broncos fault, but it's, um, it's bad. Uh, it, it is bad. And and as Jeremy Sean says, still not as bad as the Watson contract. 
Yeah, the $250 million fully guaranteed, you know, especially when it's really a four and a half year deal because he was going to be sitting out half it, half of that. It's, I, I like the guaranteed contracts, frankly. I mean, every other sport has guaranteed contracts. Why not football? Um, so I don't, I, I like the guarantee. The, the most dangerous sport in, 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 in all of American sports has the least player security. And I, I don't like that. Um, but the money's there also, <laughs> you know, we're talking about a $250 million salary cap. I, I think some sanity needs to come back to the position. Okay. Let's, let's say, oh, 49ers got to the Super Bowl with Brock Purdy. Maybe I don't need to put 25% of my resources into a quarterback, into one position. I think that's where it comes down to um, for me and see if there's a see if there's a, a market correct, correction in there. It doesn't seem like there's going to be. We'll find out with Dak Prescott because he's up next on the big deal that they keep saying, well, this is what he got. You know, Someone is going to have to stand up and say, and that's the problem. That's why they have a salary cap. Owners can't control themselves. They have a salary cap because owners will not control their own spending. That's why. So they have to artificially restrict the open market because it's not an open market. It's a monopoly. They have to artificially restrict what someone is willing to pay for services. I'm getting philosophical here. Um, so on that note, <laughs> owners will, he'll find it somewhere, but and then they'd say collusion if they say, listen, I don't want to pay this quarterback $60 million. I want to invest in other areas of my team. Um, so we'll see. We've gone about an hour already. So I certainly appreciate y'all hanging out with me this morning. We're at about 185 concurrent, which is great for a Friday. This show's starting to grow. And one of the reasons we wanted to do it is because Nick and I love doing draft and GM stuff. You know, it's, it's the show's not quite as popular yet. Uh, on Fridays during the season, I said, Nick, no one, no one really cares about what we think about Dallas and Philadelphia, but by God, a lot of people are going to be interested in, in talking with us about draft, about free agency, about all that stuff. And now's the time sunshine and make, Hey, want to say thank you very much to my super chat superstars, Eddie coming in early on Facebook, Jason B and Jason Heller. Thank you for the support of the show. Appreciate you coming in and helping me out today. I want to thank you all for another great discussion in the chat. I think this is a fantastic community. If you're watching after the fact, and I know literally thousands of you will, say, hey, have a comment. Keep it civil. And remember, there is no right answer when predicting the future. There is no right and wrong when predicting the future. Someone will eventually be right or wrong, but let's let them be right or wrong before we start you know, making fun of them. And being and being ugly. So Keith Robbins coming in late. Good to see you. Appreciate you being here, Troy. Troy Green, you are a superstar, that's for sure. So thank you so much. We're gonna get out of here. I hope y'all have a fantastic football weekend. Baseball for me this afternoon. A little freshman baseball at Johns Creek. I can't wait. That's one of my. How do you like to spend your your free time, Scott? That's how. So I get to do that today. Uh, keep an eye on my YouTube and Facebook channels because I've finished logging all of my 11 v 11s on senior bowl. I'm starting to pop out three to five more highlight videos per day. So keep an eye on those. I took about a week long break on that. Cause I got cross-eyed looking at all that video for a while. Thanks everybody for being here. Uh, Nick should be joining us back here soon. The boys getting bigger and stronger and, um, we love to hear it. Y'all have a fantastic football weekend. 
Come join us on Monday on these shows. When we do Falcons podcast, we do Mile High Huddle, and we're talking draft and quarterbacks on those as well. Y'all have a great weekend. We'll see y'all later.